Hello, and welcome to another moment with Eric Fleming. This is your host, Eric Fleming. And um, I just want to ask a question. What are you willing to give up to see something that you believe in come to fruition? What are you willing to sacrifice? What would you put on the back burner? Would you give up your career? Would you give up your savings? Would you give your life? What would you do in order to make a difference? Even if it's just in one person's life, what are you willing to sacrifice? Right? I ask this question because there's a guy named Jonathan Irons who was freed from Missouri prison. because somebody made a sacrifice for him to help him prove that he was innocent of the charge and to be released. So Mr. Irons was 16 years old when he was allegedly charged with attempted robbery and assault. I believe that's right. Robbery and, and assault. Attempted assault. On a white man in Missouri, not too far from Ferguson, Missouri. And uh, story goes that supposedly Mr. Irons was identified by the victim in a lineup and in the subsequent trial he was identified by the victim again in the courtroom. No fingerprints were ever found on Mr. Irons. No DNA samples, nothing. The victim was the only witness. And Mr. Irons was convicted by an all-white jury and sentenced to 60 years in prison. And he served about a third of that by the time he got out last week. 60 years. Turns out that uh, there was a fingerprint found was not a fingerprint for Mr. Irons. 
and the prosecutors failed to tell Mr. Irons' attorneys, the defense team, about that evidence. They did not disclose that to the court. So, with the help of this person who made a sacrifice, Mr. Irons was able to follow through on an appeal that he basically filed pro se and had a team of legal advisors together to help him with the case. And it went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. And the U.S. Supreme Court refused to hear the case, which meant that the lower courts decisions to throw out that verdict um, based on the evidence that was gathered for appeal about evidence not being disclosed. It basically came down to whether the current county prosecutor wanted to retry the case. If he said yes, then Mr. Irons would have to go through that whole process again with the new evidence being submitted um, and the fact that we find out that the victim's testimony was may have been coerced. His identification of Mr. Irons may have been coerced. Subtly, not any kind of brutal way, but in a manipulative way. And all those factors would have been brought forward in the trial. So the county prosecutor, DA, whatever you call him in Missouri, right? He had a choice to bring the case with all this new evidence to be allowed in or just say, yeah, I'm not going to retry the case and Mr. Irons will go free. So that's what the, the prosecutor did the latter. And Mr. Irons is now a free man. Now, the person who made a major sacrifice to help literally gave up a career, or at least put it on hiatus. To lend moral and financial support. Even to the point where Mr. Irons got to stay with this person's godparents, right? Who played a role in helping uncover the evidence. So it was more than just this person, but he got the whole family invested, even her godparents invested in this in this thing. That person was a young lady named Maya Moore. Now, Maya Moore is an athlete. She is one of the best basketball players, male or female, on the planet. She has won two gold medals. She has won at least two NCAA championships and she's won four WNBA titles. And she's been an MVP in the league. 
she has made of an impact in the sport that she plays. Again, she's considered one of the best. She went to Connecticut, one of the best programs ever, male or female in basketball. And um, she happened to meet Mr. Irons when she was a student at the University of Connecticut and they took a tour of this particular prison. Primarily because she was connected with her missionary work. She's, she's an evangelical Christian as she describes herself and so she was always involved in campus crusades and Fellowship for Christian Athletes, different programs like that. And so, as part of a ministry tour, that's how she had a chance meeting with Mr. Irons. And it changed her life. Because, based on the story he told, she felt compelled to find a way to help him and when it came time to really, really put some work in, she put one of the greatest basketball careers in history, male or female, on hold. And she might not play again. She's definitely not going to play next season whenever that happens. It's usually right around this time, but she had sat out last season and she pretty much had made the decision to sit out this season. Looks like everybody's going to sit out this season, but that's where we are. But she believed in a cause. So strongly. She pushed for something. So fervently. That she gave up her career. To do it. And don't think that people did not notice that. Mr. Iron's release was a story in the New York Times and the Washington Post as well as local newspapers. The picture of Maya with Mr. Irons or for a quote from the prophet Micah, I believe, do justice, show mercy, walk humbly, right? That was the shirt she was wearing when she hugged Mr. Irons as he was being released from prison. And it got me to thinking. It got other people to thinking too. What would you give up? What would you sacrifice? And people are celebrating this, which is worthy of celebrating. But a lot of these people that have the awareness to celebrate the sacrifice that 
it's more dead. Well, a lot of the same people that criticized another athlete for basically sacrificing his career, right? I mean, you know, you can't objectively look at what happened with and the sacrifice that Maya Moore made and not think about the sacrifice that Colin Kaepernick made in a totally different way. Because all he wanted to do was show a sign of solidarity with a movement and they basically kicked him out of the league. For taking a position, for taking a stand. And of course now there's been the mea copas and the apologies and all that, but it is what it is. But the beauty of this story with Jonathan Irons is that Maya Moore set the terms herself. I don't think the league would have been adverse to her doing stuff while still trying to maintain her career. She made the decision to focus. Now, she had been pretty outspoken about what was going on in the community. And she was active with the Black Lives Matter movement. It's, you know, she was a very prominent athlete in that. Probably one of the most prominent female athletes in that movement. And it was primarily based on that Jonathan Irons chance meeting. So, again, it goes back to the question. What are we willing to sacrifice to achieve what you want to achieve? Now, I'll, I'll submit this to you, to for Maya Moore to get to the point where she was athletically, she made an incredible sacrifice. When she could have been doing other things with girls of her peer group, she practiced. And she worked at her craft. She listened to grown people berate her and criticize her and tell her you need to do it this way and you need to do it that way and just keep working and working and working until she got to the status where she was one of the best basketball players on the planet. So, knowing what effort she had to make to get to that point in her career, she knew that she had to make a similar sacrifice, a similar effort, a similar commitment to get this right with Jonathan Irons. Now, you know, it would have been a great movie if she had dropped out and went to law school and then did the case and all that. Yeah, that would have been an awesome Netflix movie, right? But the fact that she put her career on hold so that another person on this planet could have a life to live is absolutely remarkable. And she should be commended for that. And it needs to be acknowledged that she was a, she is an African American woman who reached out to an African American man. She wasn't related to that she was not romantically involved in 
but somebody she believed in because that is the essence of a black life that mattered. She had a platform, she had status, she had resources, and she used all of that to help one man. Who would do that? A lot of people would not. A lot of people, black, white, whatever, would not. So, when we think about where we are in life, and what we seek to achieve, the question always is, how much are you willing to put of yourself into it? I know from personal experience the sacrifices I made to at least get to a point where I ended up being an elected official. It's something I've always wanted to do. It didn't get to where I dreamed to be as a child. But as a famous disc jockey used to say, Keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars, right? And, you know, in essence, when you reach for something high, you may not get the very high thing, but you're going to get to a level higher than where you were. Always. It's not just true for me, that's true for the vast majority of people who are deemed successful. Right? That's part of the formula, that's part of the way you do things. You have to give up something. Whether it's a lifestyle, a diet, whatever. Time friendships, careers, jobs. You truly believe in something. You truly believe that you can make a difference. If you truly believe that you can make an impact, at some point in time, somewhere, you made a sacrifice to get there. if you achieve that goal. And so I just basically wanted to take first half of this show to commend Maya Moore for making that sacrifice or reminding us that if we want to achieve what we want to achieve as a people, we're going to have to give up some stuff. We're going to have to make some sacrifices, collectively and individually. We're going to have to stop being convenient and be correct. And that's hard because there's a comfort level in convenience, right? That's why it's convenient. But I'll tell you this. And it should be really, really crystal clear to everybody 
Greatness is not given. Excellence is not given. It's achieved. It's achieved through combination of talent and a talent ability, opportunity, and discipline, hard work, sacrifices. You have to do all of those things to get to the point that you want to be. If you don't, you're going to fall short. And if you give it your best effort and you fall short of the lofty goal, if you give it your best effort, you're going to go somewhere that you've never been before. There was no guarantee that Maya celebrity would help this guy, but it did. Not so much of any fanfare that she brought to it, but because she was known, she had access. And she parlayed that and made that happen. So thank you, Maya, for reminding us about the beauty of sacrifice and God bless you, Mr. Irons, for keeping hope alive and that hope being rewarded. Catch y'all on the other side. And we're back. So I'm not going to belabor it today as far as just like this whole podcast thing, but I do want to address something else in the theme of sacrifice. So in the midst of the protests that are going on and this awareness that is happening about historical figures and events. What in America should we properly put into reverence and what should we properly put into storage, right? A recent debate just I say debate. It was it was more conversations than anything else. People still did their thing because they were off that day and it fell on a Saturday but this is a real discussion about the 4th of July and everybody was reminding people about the speech Frederick Douglass gave that uh, reminding black people of the time that um, July the 4th was not our Independence Day because we were still slaves which was a true statement as far as the fact that we were still slaves. But I'm always reminded like I am on Veterans Day and Memorial Day and all of these other moments where we celebrate the military in this country I can't help but be reminded of the African Americans who sacrificed, who were willing to give their life for a country that still treated them like second class citizens, right? In both world wars. World War II. <coughs> <coughs> You know, saw legendary fighters 
you know, like the Tuskegee Airmen and the Black Panther Tank Battalion and the Red Ball Express, right? And uh, the Black Infantrymen that fought in World War One and the Ninth and the Tenth Cavalry. Uh, who participated, I believe, in the Spanish-American War as well as the patrolling the expansion of the West. Black people have made a lot of sacrifices for this country. And even though we were slaves, the very first person to die for the cause of American independence was Crispus Attucks, a black man, right? He's not a slave, he was freed. And he wasn't really the organizer of the mob, but he was pretty much an easy target for the British to shoot at. And he was one of the people that were martyred that day in what was what was always been referred to as the Boston Massacre. So even prior to seventeen seventy six. Sacrifices were being made for this country to exist. And some 244 years later, after the signing of the Declaration of Independence, we, we still see people marching in the streets. We still hear cries why black lives are, matter and are important. We're still reminded of bitter moments in our history because of the rhetoric that politicians use to quote-unquote shore up their base, right? But there were so many sacrifices. I mean, we talked about the 10 years that black men were actually in charge of governments in the southern states. And their legacy of public education as, a, as an American right. The reforms, the economic development projects that they pushed through. Even creating colleges. We talked about the Freeman's Bank. We've talked about black entrepreneurs. Gaston and Walker and Johnson. Lewis and Graves. I mean, you hear the names of Westinghouse and Edison, but it's people like Woods. And uh, Morgan and other inventors that made those names even more legit by the improvements that they made on stuff that was already out there. No, 
when America declared its independence from the tyranny of Great Britain, black people were chattel property. We didn't become three-fifths of a man until the ratification of the U.S. Constitution. Nonetheless, during the 244 years that this country has existed, or the, even the concept of this country existing, black men and women still made sacrifices and still contributed despite the pain, despite the sacrifices they had to make. Even in something as enjoyable as the sport of baseball, the sacrifices that Jackie Robinson had to make Personally, Jackie Robinson, I'm 55. Jackie Robinson didn't live to be 55. Think about that. One of the greatest athletes of his time because he's known as being the first black to play baseball, but at UCLA he played baseball, football, track, and basketball. He's a four-letter guy. And he served his country. But he died at the age of 52. You just think about sacrifice Muhammad Ali made and sacrifice Jim Brown made the sacrifice of comfort that Lou Alcindor had to deal with when he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and, and there are stories after stories after stories about African-American men and women who made incredible sacrifices. Harriet Tubman survived an incredible beating in order to lead people prior to her even leading people out of slavery and then becoming a spy for the Union Army. The sacrifice she made in being one of the most successful conductors of the Underground Railroad, right? Putting your name out there, putting your body out there, putting your character out there, putting your relationships out there. Knowing that at any moment all those could be damaged in your life, your very life could be taken. You know, can you apply that even to politics? Yes. Shirley Chisholm, who basically was the first black woman to seriously be considered as a candidate for president of the United States. People say, well, she didn't really experience a life-threatening Incident, I mean, nobody tried to assassinate her. Fortunate that it didn't. That the 
FBI and other powers that be did not want that to happen. But George Wallace was running that same election. The same election. And he got shot and paralyzed for the rest of his life. And people think that's not a sacrifice. Ask Gabby Giffords. Giffords. It's a sacrifice. But, you know, but I, I want to focus in on black people because I think we get riled up about sound bites and quick phrases and not really understand the complexities and the nuances of our experience in this country to the extent where we shouldn't really exclude ourselves. Now, if you choose to exclude yourself, I really can't condemn you or criticize you or anything like that. I mean, I get it. And I'm still learning all of the nuances and all these different intricate things about America and how we are so interwoven, even though we're only a fraction, barely over 10% of the population currently. But how our story is so interwoven into the development of the nation that we call the United States of America now. I mean, when people are kind of like hung up about the National Football League saying, well, we're going to sing, lift their voice and sing before football games. Ah, that's, that's great. There's some folks that are saying, well, yeah, I ain't going to celebrate the 4th of July, but I'm I want them to do that at the football game. I'm like, okay. But I really want the NFL to do is somehow, some way, bring Colin Kaepernick back as an ambassador along with Jay-Z and others to really show their commitment to fixing the problem about the criminal justice system in America and systematically figured out a way for young black men to make it without having to try to join the National Football League to do it. That you create other opportunities for them to be agents, for them to be strength and conditioning coaches, to be head coaches, to be bankers and lawyers and accountants. Because there's a whole support industry other than this young man having to run out on the field. As you try to make the game safer, you need some people to engineered the equipment to do the research. Why not some black minds to do that? And I would love at some point for a black person to be the majority owner of a team. At some point. It's going to be hard. But at some point. It's not that you got some people that ain't got the money. You got quite a few people that got the money right now. But it's a it's a club. So it really would have to be the family has to divest and open it up for a real bid. Or an expansion needs to happen. And it could. 
But I'm saying all that to say that when I celebrate the 4th of July, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to identify as somebody that is a citizen of this nation. And I am proud of the history of the people that look like me, that came from the neighborhoods that I grew up in, or the, the you know, or the state I went to college in, and 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 the region of the country that I live in, and just imagine what 244 years of America would look like without us, without the role that we play, without the sacrifices we made. Because that's what this whole thing is about. This whole thing is to respect the sacrifice that black people have made. That's why a black life should matter. That's what respect is about. Not just the fact of their current existence, but of their past contributions. And I'm being deferential in a professional way, but us's. We are alive right now, so we should be respected right now. But we have sacrificed and given so much of ourselves in just about every facet of the American experience, even cowboys, right? It just explores every, just about every facet of the American experience, we played a part in it. So, again, I get it that there are some black people that are not going to celebrate this and they want to switch it and say, well, I'd rather celebrate Juneteenth. And that's fine. I mean, Juneteenth wasn't the actual day that we were freed. When we've, we've had this discussion. That was in December 1865. But if you want to celebrate that, that's, that's great. I am going to celebrate Juneteenth, and I am going to celebrate the 4th of July. I'm going to celebrate Christmas and New Year's, and I'm going to celebrate Kwanzaa in between. Because my life experience, my belief system, values all of those. And Thanksgiving as well. I, I, I want to embrace everything. Now, changing Columbus Day to Indigenous Peoples Day, I'm down with that. I think that's more appropriate, right? But, you know, just for the record, because his first mate was a black man too. So, in order for us to truly move forward, In my opinion, we have to be who we've always been. And then even better. Because as long as we're killing eight-year-old children and mothers of babies and high school band members in the name of absolutely nothing. We're always going to get the side eye about Black Lives Matter 
when we demand it from others and it, and it, and it looks like we don't get it ourselves, right? And that's just a message I'm going to preach until I'm dead and gone or until black folks stop killing each other. That whatever Gardner started in Chicago with black on black love, that it becomes more of a philosophy and a way of life, even more so than any diet that you could have, to any, any, any philosophy outside of that you could believe in, religious philosophy. I mean, if you just not only tell the world that your life matters, but you show that you love the lives that are in your community, that you're willing to defend against others, right? That's when we can really achieve. But I'm down with celebrating the 4th of July. I'm down with celebrating America, the country I was born in. And to be proud of being that. Because knowing the full story, I truly appreciate the sacrifices that people that look like me made. And I hope that we keep that in mind as we continue to push for a more perfect union. Until next time.